Hey everybody and welcome back to Across Series Productions' very own Longbow Hunters, the Arrow Podcast with thir- episode 31 of our podcast, um, State versus Queen. Clearly that will be the episode we are covering today. But before we get into that, I'm Michael J. Petty and with me is my good friend, crime fighter and co-host. It's not easy being mean. Who has came here, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> <laughs> And someone is still riding off the high of the latest Muppets trailer. Do you blame me? Yeah. For for the DC Comics fans out there who watch the Muppet trailer, it's on our social media pages. I love the Superman thing with Sam the Eagle. Yes. That that was really funny. Detect- that whole scene with him was really to, funny. To bring this back to Arrow, Detective Lance needs to show his badge like that when he gets his detective thing back. I completely agree. Uh, Guys, on this episode, we are going to be covering the, um, well, I don't know, episode 8, I guess? Well, you you already explained what we're covering, so who who was State versus Queen, um, written by State v. Queen, which our good buddy Andy Pavak did not get at first, Ah, until he explained it to him? Um, yeah, that was it. Was written by Mark Guggenheim and Drewsy Greenberg, and was directed by Bethany Rooney, who I think, like you said on the phone the other night, is a new director to Arrow. I don't know if she's related to Andy, to um, Mickey Rooney or Andy Rooney, though. That'd be really cool if she was. Um, starting off this episode, a different a different thing that we usually see at after the "My Name Is Oliver Queen" thing. A different thing. We actually flash back to the. The last episode of the first season, Sacrifice, where Moira uh, spills the beans on the whole thing with the Undertaking, where we see the opposite end of that in um, um, Black. Is it called Black Gate Prison on the show? I don't think so, but I let's think, just. I think that may be the name. Yeah, let's just go with that. Yeah, and we see the opposite end of that, and we see the guards say. The warden wants us all to pull out, and what about the inmates? Leave them. That that really makes me feel good about our legal system, doesn't it, sir? <laughs> no kidding, right? Yeah. And then we see a familiar face, Mr. Gable, otherwise yeah. known as the Count. One, two, oh. three, ma Although he actually just call himself Count Vertigo in this episode. Yeah. And I love the, I love the little, um... Crayon, red crayon drawings of Green Arrow on the wall. Yeah. They really paid a lot of attention to detail in this episode. Yeah, and another 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 thing that I really liked in terms of detail, I liked that the fact that the toilet actually had water in it. Yeah. To actually make it, <laughs> actually make it look like an actual prison cell. No, because I'm not, that's one of the things that bothers me on some TV shows. Like, these, these cells are way too nice. Yeah. Um, uh, the the first impact of of the seismic device hits, and all, lo and behold, magically, the cell door opens and the count is free, and he finds a bloodied and dead guard, and he takes his keys. Now, I don't know if you saw this, but I think the day after this episode aired, they actually released an extended version of the opening of this episode. And you find out that the Count and this guard actually had a sort of friendship going. 
And the guard actually liked the count and liked what he stood for and stuff like that, which was really creepy in and of itself. What, but the fact that he dies which, and he which takes... Spo- which, lo- which kind of ruins the scene for me after you told me that. Just because I wanted to see that part of the story. Yeah, you can find it online. It's I think it's like an extra minute longer. But yeah, it's it's there. Arrow's one of those hey. shows that their deleted scenes actually work and make sense. I don't know many shows that are like that. Yeah. Um, I love that. I love Vertigo going too violent, too ambitious, too stupid, too messy. Yeah. I love your work. And here we find out how the Dollmaker escaped too. Nice to see him back, even though it was only for like an episode or like even like a scene. Even so, it was still really cool to have him back because I I never thought I'd see him again. Well, I mean, and also, it's nice that we find out how he actually escaped and how pretty much everybody escaped. I'm assuming once the Dollmaker, like, got out, he, like, let a lot of other people out, too, which we may see later on in the series. It reminded me, actually, and I don't know why, but it kind of reminded me of um, Smallville Lou in that episode in Season 4 where you have the flashback to their freshman year where Clark and Whitney have an interaction. Yeah. And he's just there, and you're kind of like, oh, that's cool, continuity. He's there, and that's from three years ago. Or, that, or that episode in season three where we see Van McNulty, Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor Thomas' character, and Aaron Ash, or um, Sean Ashmore's character. Yes, that too. Yeah. Um, what, what, I liked about, what I liked about this, and I'm glad they actually mentioned it in the episode. We're kind of skipping ahead. I like how they, they mentioned how the um, Vertigo's lucid again. Yeah. Then he kicked the drugs and now he's back to his old count, his old count ways. And going on to Diggle, to Diggle, I, I didn't realize what was wrong with him at first. He just seemed like he had a cold to me at first. Yeah. And and even Oliver says, if you have, if you have the flu, you know, go home and blah, 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 blah. But we find out that it's not the flu. It's actually something called Vertigil. I wonder who yeah. that. I wonder who that's named after. Yes. <laughs> um, um, the whole reason why Diggle got infected was because of later on in the episode. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, really, I mean, really and truly, that's the entire reason why Diggle got hit with the refined, the new version. Um, Vertigo 3.0, because if he was around, he would have been able to do what Oliver Oliver did in the episode, and then Oliver wouldn't have the pressure that he has now. Well, and he wouldn't, and he would have done what Felicity would have done, and not get been kidnapped. I mean, even while even while I was watching this episode, like I I I, I knew like in the back of my mind, yeah, that's the reason why Diggle got hit. Because if Diggle was okay, why would Oliver need to show up? He would just stay at the courtroom. Right. Yeah, and daughter being hit, daughter being affected, this really made me dislike Adam Daughter even more than I did. Or as I like to call him, not Harvey Dent. Yeah. Not Harvey fake, Dent. Fake face. Yeah. Um. Here's the thing with my dislike of Adam Daughter. He gets infected pretty much the exact same way Diggle got infected, which we'll get into later. Here's the reason why I don't like Adam Daughter. I do not like lawyers because most of them, I'm not saying all of them, but most of them enjoy putting 
putting people away and enjoy making people's lives miserable. I agree, innocent, and I don't like that either. Innocent or guilty, it doesn't matter. You're just exploiting people just for the sake of exploiting it because you have a massive ego and you're just moderately attractive. Yeah, Adam Downer, I said it. And because you don't want to lose, and you'll do anything to keep your success up. Yeah, and uh, yeah, quite honestly, the only reason Adam Donner took this case is because of, because of the high-profile nature of it. And because he knew he wouldn't lose. Yeah, well, which he did. But, we'll, you know. we'll, we'll get into that later. When he goes, when he goes down, when he like falls on the floor after he like tries to rip the new one, I really thought that they were gonna kill him all. And I'm kind of, and I'm kind of, like mad that they didn't. But I'm assuming the reason they didn't is they have something for him and Laurel later on. Yeah. Or him and the Count. But um, the the Thoroy anger scene, the Thoroy anger scene. The Thoroy anger scene. Yeah. I loved this scene. Um. Really, the only use of Roy throughout the entire episode. But if you're gonna have him in just one scene, make it count, and they did. Yeah. And also, what I enjoyed about this scene is it it could set up the future for Thea as a crime fighter. Oh, absolutely. And before this scene, I didn't really think of Willa Holland as a action fighter person, the kind of thing. But after this, I could see it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I wanted, I wanted to throw down with Sin. I think that would be really funny and interesting. Catfight. No, not catfight, actual, like, throwing down. Because we have seen that, that Sin can throw down. True. Like, she's not just, like, she's not just a pity. She's not t Tim Drake with Tim Drake that wears eyeliner. She actually can throw down and actually have a good fight with someone. I don't know if I'd say Tim Drake. Tim Drake can fight. But yeah, yeah. But, but not that much before he got the training for Bruce. Any, anyway, I like the anger scene because it's not—it's so different than the stereotypical. Oh my God, my heart's broken. My mom's leaving. I have, I have, some uh, so much angst. They actually do something with that angst, which I wish Smallville got that memo in season two and season three. Yeah. Because, like, Roy's right. I mean, that's the way to, in, like, um, manifest your anger. You should point it in the right direction. But the way he did it, this actually reaffirms my faith in their relationship. I, I said a couple episodes back that I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of their relationship because it wasn't really going anywhere. But it seems like they're going somewhere with this, with these two. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and I and like you said earlier, I think it builds both of their heroic personas up a little bit and shows that they each have a lot of potential just waiting to be unlocked. This isn't in the script, but do you where do you think Quinn Lance would have fit into this whole thing if they had him in this episode? I'm glad they didn't have him in this episode, not because I don't like the character, because I kind of love the character right now, but because he just would have been in the way. Yeah. And I think, and I think you could have had him team up with Arrow to go face Count Vertigo and and have Oliver shoot Vertigo out of the window and have him watch. You could have done that, and I think that would have almost been cool. But I'm kind of glad that they didn't at the same time. 
But at the but like like you just like you just said right like you just said right now the reason why they didn't do it that way is because of what happens with Oliver and the Count at the end of the episode. Because really and truly, everything that's been set up in this episode is because of what happens at the end. Right. And, and quite honestly, you need it. You couldn't have Lance there anyway, because Oliver's secret was revealed by the count. Yes, yes. Um, we we get we let's go back to like the state versus queen, the big lead up. We've been waiting for this episode really since the really since sacrifice at the end of last season. What did you think about the courtroom scenes? Very Law and Order to me. Very Law and Order, yeah. And quite honestly, I absolutely hate Law and Order, but just because I don't like courtroom shows. But yeah. but this worked because it balanced. Like it wasn't just a courtroom episode. It just wasn't just a case episode. It had everything in it. Yeah. Um. Um. I loved. I loved the the um speeches to the jury of. Uh, between Adam Donner, Adam Donner and Jean. I can't remember her last name. Boring. Gene or Gene Um I hate the fact that they had the same judge again. <laughs> that judge sucks. Well, exactly. That's why I didn't like it, because he's already biased anyway. They should have gotten like an unbiased judge to oversee this case. And, and we talked about this before. Really what they needed to do, and we've said this again before, is they needed to have flown out a judge from another state and a jury from another state. Or even or, or even from Metropolis. Like Well, yeah, which would be a different state, but yeah. yeah. Or and to tie this into the Flash get a jury jury from Central City. Exactly. Um, that that at least would have been fair, whereas if you get anyone from Starling City at all, they're all against this woman anyway. Yeah. yeah. And and I loved everybody and I loved everybody's scenes. I, I I even though I don't like Adam Donner, I just love how he just pro, like digs and digs and digs into Theo to get the answers that he wants. Well, I, I, I think I love to hate him. Yes. And speaking of digging, this isn't in the script, but after Adam Donner gets nailed by the vertigo, um, well, actually, before he gets nailed by the vertigo, he says that he has a trump card. And um, the trump card is revealed by Laurel. Did you like the scene between um, Moira and Laurel in the, whole, in the um, visiting area at the prison? From what I heard, I don't think a lot of people liked it, but I actually did. I, I liked it because there's so there's so much going on there between the two characters. Well, and, and I love that Laurel cares enough about the Queen family, even after all of this, that she's like, I don't want to use this, but it's my job to. And let, so, and let, yeah. and let us clarify something. She cares about Oliver and Thea. She really doesn't care about Moira. No, but I, I think to an ex not mm. person to person, she doesn't care about Moira. She cares about Moira's relationship to her children, who are also very close close people to Laurel. I do think we have to remember that Laurel spent a lot of her time at the Queen household, and I believe she knew Moira pretty well. So I don't know if I would say she doesn't care about Moira at all. 
but that's not her main focus. But but again, I, I only say that she kind of doesn't care about uh, Moira at this point because of what in in reaction to what Moira did to Tommy inadvertently. Okay. Yeah. Because because uh, this actually gets into the reveal of the trump card. We find out later in the episode because of Thea Thea's um, testimony of about Thea being angry towards her mother that Adam Donner kind of prodded out of her. She wasn't going to testify. Moira wasn't going to testify originally. Now she has to. Right. Because because basically because to like to simplify this for people that don't understand why she had to Theo Theo more or less you know sold her mother out not intentionally but that's what happened now Moira has to defend herself otherwise right and before Moira gets up there she reveals to Oliver and Thea that she. She had sex with Malcolm Merlin one time, probably around the time, um, like, Oliver was about seven or eight, I would have to think. Yeah, something like that. Because, because the reason why age matters, folks, we'll get to that. And for those of you who have seen the episode, you know why I say that. Um... I well, think, if you haven't seen this episode, why are you listening to us anyway? Well, well, to get to get back to the episode, I need I need to make something very clear. And if people disagree with me, I'm sorry. Moira was telling the truth to Thea last season. She she never had an affair with Malcolm Merlin. She had a one night stand. Right. That's, that's not the... an affair. Technically, that well, isn't. It, no. it could be, it could have been an affair, but she chose not to make it an affair. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just thinking that around, around this time, Malcolm, I, I have to assume that around this time or a year or two before, Malcolm Merlin had just lost his wife, Rebecca. Yeah. And maybe they were drinking, who knows, but I think that's why it happened. And not to get into a whole sex ed con conversation, like they say, it only takes the one time. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, in a way, Moira was telling the truth. In a way, ultimately, it was still a lie, though. Yeah. Well, she, she just held inf withheld information. Definitely held it, withheld information from Thea, but we'll get to that later. Um, when Laurel, Laurel Badgers, or let's face it, she, well, she has to now because of Adam Daughter being injured. She has to take Adam's place. She finds out the trump card of, of that Malcolm and Moira did have have sex. First of all, how did Adam Donner find that out? That's what I want to know. Because it, that doesn't make any sense as to it, how he know that. Is it related to what we find at the very end of the episode? Could that it could be. could could, could, that, could that person have told? More, like, like through the grapevine, told told someone to tell Adam Donner, the more Red Queen and Malcolm Merlin did sleep together. Possibly. Okay, that makes sense then. That makes sense. Possibly, but I don't know why. But that's that's what we got to figure out. But 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 really, that's the one thing that actually would make the most sense to me. But going, but going back to the scene where um, Laurel's badgering her, I like I told you over the phone the other night. I don't think Laurel hated doing that to Moira. Totally. 
You can see that look on her face. She did have some kind of perverse pleasure from, like, airing Moira's dirty laundry out in front of the world because of what happened to Tommy. Yeah. And to that, I say, Laurel, you're a little bit of a bitch. But uh, moving on. And to that, I say, Laurel, get over yourself. You've had over six months. Yeah. And, and, and really... Tommy's death wasn't your fault, but it kind of was. But you need to move on. Tommy's death was almost more Laurel's fault than anyone else's. Yeah. But let's be completely honest here. The only reason he was there at all, after Oliver, after Mora, after Malcolm, after everyone told him to stay out, was because of Laurel. It was Laurel's fault that he died. And and this might be a little controversial here, but I'm kind of thinking that Laurel wants somebody to just basically beat her up. No, I think you're right. Yeah, and I, I and I this actually will go into a little bit about what Elisa Lee said in her voicemail. We'll we'll air the voicemail at the end of the episode so all of our listeners can hear it. I'll take it a little step further. Yes, no one needs Laurel right now, but I think Laurel is in in the mood for a relationship that has no emotion whatsoever. That's all about sex. And I'm assuming that it's either going to be with Adam Donner or with um, Brother Blood. And I, I have to say probably Brother Blood. Yeah. Because at this point, the way she's acting, she doesn't want closeness. She doesn't want, like, cuddling and conversation about how your day's going. She pretty much wants to to have sex and then just get, get, like, get on with her day. Because let's, let's face it, I'm not, I'm not going to be crude about this, but sex is one of those things, like any other drugs, like alcohol, cocaine, whatever, that totally envelops your emotions so much that you don't have to think about how how badly your life is going. Yeah. And I think that's what she's... And I love that little thing that she said, says with Oliver at the end of, like, the end of that scene. She's like... I think... But I think it was a little too on the nose what she said. Do you agree with that? What? Uh, how do you mean? I mean, it was... It was just too... I wish there was a little bit of subtlety there. Maybe. Because, because like, she's pretty much saying, I, I don't understand how you could... How you could understand what I was going through. I don't know how anybody could... I think, I think that's voicing emotions a little too well. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily... She, that she said, I don't know if you can understand how I'm going, how you can understand what I'm going through. It's more of how can you understand what I did and how can you forgive me for that? But, but still, I still think it was too on the nose. You see what I'm saying though? You can see how I say that? Yeah, I can see how you say that. I mean, I don't agree. I really liked it. I thought it was very uh, cool. And I thought it helped Oliver's character. Maybe but... I'm bi- maybe I'm biased with that, but I don't like dialogue, especially internal emotion voice like that. That's a little too on the nose. I'd like a little. Well, here's the thing, though. With Arrow, Arrow doesn't do that very often, and when they do, it's pretty powerful. Generally. And and I guess they could get away with it for the fact that I almost said Moira. Laurel is so messed up. Yeah. Like I think that's the fir- I think that's the first day that she's been sober like all month. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, um I I really wish Oliver would have been more mad. Would have been more what? Uh, more oh. mad. Yeah. 
I wish he would have been a little bit more because I'm sorry, no one, no one with their mother's life being on trial would have been that understanding. I think he was only because he realized what his mother did was wrong. Yeah, I, and, yeah. But I think still, he, he knows more than most people do about the whole situation, and to that point, I think Oliver expected her to be to either die or be put in prison the rest of her life, and he was okay with that because of what she did. Yeah. So I, I don't know if but I would said... But, I, but I still think Laurel took it too far. My opinion. She took it a well, little, yeah. little too far. Um, but, but, the, but, the ver, but the verdict, sir. The verdict. The verdict. Well, as it turns out, Mara Queen is found not guilty of all charges. One of one of one of the best scenes ever. But let's go let's go into Count Vertigo because this actually kind of loops into what happens with the before the verdict. Um, Count Vertigo has been re, re, like refining his um, Vertigo formula. He's been he's been distributing it through a flu shot vaccine or flu vaccine. Throughout the city, that's how Adam Donner got Adam Donner got infected. Who actually gets kidnapped by Brother Blood, um, kind of Dark Dark Knight style. By no, he gets kidnapped by Vertigo. Well, yeah, well, yeah, that, isn't that what I said? No, you said Blood. Okay, <laughs> okay. Well, I'm sorry, Blood and Blood and Donner look like totally almost exactly the same, but. Um, Donner gets Donner gets abducted by Vertigo, like Dark Knight style. We see almost the exact same warehouse that we saw in the Count's first appearance in Vertigo, where where the Count tells him, you know, I've heard you've got I've heard you've got got a a new a new a new lifestyle about killing. Yeah, and the Count the Count only enjoys this now. Because he, oh. was in, cause he was in fear of Green Arrow, but now he knows he has a trump card. Kind of like the Joker would be with Batman. Yeah, I mean, if Batman started killing, the Joker would freak out. But since yeah. he doesn't, and he knows he doesn't, he, it doesn't matter to him. Wonderful, do scene, wonderful scene with the fire in that, in that yes. season. Yes. Wonderfully shot. Especially the, the way the fire lights up on Vertigo. But Felicity finds out where the how the Vertigo is being distributed, and she she goes out to find a lead on Count Vertigo. Stupid, stupid, stupid move, Miss Smoke. Yes. Because what... Oh, you think on. she'd learn. I was going to say, you, you'd think she'd learn from everything that happened last season. Or even with the, the Dollmaker. Or even with the Dollmaker, but guess not. Yeah, because what does she find when she f tries to find a lead on Vertigo? She finds Vertigo. And what I loved about this, and you did too, Vertigo p puts one plus one plus one together and figures out Oliver Queen is the Green Arrow because he remembers back in the Vertigo episode when <gasps> Oliver was trying to f find a lead on Vertigo to help Thea or help uh, McKenna find find uh, Vertigo. That he purchased purchased Vertigo from one of his dealers because of the Brafa. And then the hood showed up. Yeah. Well, or as I like to call him, the not hood. 
Because he, he has his hood down. Um, I love that scene because when, when Vertigo calls Oliver. Because I love the... That's classic DC Comics. Well, that's classic Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams kind of thing. Yeah. Where in like an alternate universe, the Joker would find out Batman's secret identity. And he said, hello, Bruce. How are you doing? Yeah. And, exactly. and I love that. Wonderful, wonderful music by Blake Neely. When that scene where he Oliver finds out that he Vertigo has Felicity, and I love that that's still going while while we're still waiting for a verdict. Right. Yeah. The scene in the office, though, my God, full of emotional, full of emotion. Wow. Exactly. First time we ever see Oliver go into battle without his hood on. Or without the face paint. Yeah. Well, I mean, he figures, like, what's the point? He already knows who I am. Why bother? Well, and it, and it saves him time. Yeah. And, uh, again, Felicity's life's at stake. I loved how EBR played being the victim. I think she did a fantastic job with that. Yeah. Um, uh, and let's let's face it, folks. Like, like Kal-El and Men of Steel, Oliver had no choice. Suppose not. Well, I mean, and also you have to un understand his psyche is not Oliver's psyche is not really that that like well balanced even before this scene. Right. His mother may go to prison or may die by lethal injection. No pun intended. Um, and and Felicity, a person that he really cares about. Notice I didn't say love. All you, all you Allicity fans. All you shippers out there. Yes. He really cares about Felicity. And the fact that he feels guilty that the one person that he probably should have put an arrow through, he said, and he says this in the episode, he that he should have put an arrow through, he didn't, and that's why he's out again. Yep. And so, this time he actually does. And the way they shot... Um, Oliver putting arrows through the count. That was one of the most brutal killings we've seen on arrows so far. Absolutely. Well, he shoots three of them in his chest, and yeah. the guy falls out a window. Great, great work by Amel because you feel that emotion while he's putting those arrows through him. Because I mean, and they made it very clear. Unless they, uh, by some act of Ivo science, or maybe even the Lazarus pit, there's no way. There's no way Vertigo's gonna come back. Right. Now, and, and I talked to Dan about this episode when we recorded DC Nation the other day. He said, I, would, I wonder if they would do the, decide to do the classic version of Count Vertigo and bring in the actual guy from the actual country on, in Europe and bring him in. But he goes, other than that, Seth Gable's gone. Yeah. Or maybe there could be a new Count Vertigo, like be his brother or something. Yeah. Yeah, because, because there were two Metallos in DC Universe, so I exactly. I, I don't see how there couldn't be like two counts. It's not like the Joker. No. But but I and I I mentioned this to you over the phone. I'm assuming the only reason that they did this this way is because Seth Gable got a pilot somewhere else. Which I which I agree. I think that's probably and, and from what I hear from Mr. Babat. He has gotten a pilot. It's only seven episodes, but again, it could be picked up for more. 
And that's why he, they probably did it this way. Right. And, and like I said, even though I know you're not happy with the Count being gone, but he didn't go out like a punk. No, he went out, he, he definitely had a quote-unquote good death. Yeah. If we're going to even say that. Definitely. Yeah. Again, I'm not a fan of the decision. I'm, I am mad, of course. I liked the character and I wanted him back. But I thought it was done really well, and if they had to do it, this was the way for it to happen. Yeah. And again, again yeah, through, still not a fan. Through, but, some, through some act of, I'm assuming for the sake of assuming it, Brother Blood Science, he could come back. Which would be cool. But, but again, Seth Gable, like, I wasn't a really big fan of him until this episode, because I thought his, his line delivery was too Heath Ledger Joker-esque until this episode, like I said. Loved his, loved his little infomercial on the, on the TV. Yes. I'm comfortable, and I approve this high. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, but like I said, he didn't go out like a punk. I love how they shot his body after it fell out of the building, because that looked brutal. Yeah, I, I, I was like, until they showed that part, I was like, maybe he fell on a tarp. Maybe he survived somehow. And then they showed that, I'm like, crap. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and, and it reminded me half Lionel Luther from Season 7 of Smallville and half um, Joker from 1989 Batman. Yep. Yes, exactly. Because they made him look really, really good. Dead. That's a very DC thing to do with villains, yeah. and I and I like that they followed through with that. I, I, in fact, I didn't even put those two connections together, but for sure, yeah. I, I love I loved Oliver's reaction to afterwards of him doing it because he he does look so, a little happy that he did it, but also I I let Tommy down. Yeah. Think, yeah, he was upset. I, I think I think I think letting a building fall on Tommy is really letting Tommy down, but that's another story for another time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> funny joke. Wow. Funny joke. Funny joke. I know. I know. Sorry. Sorry. But I, I, I still think we'll see Tommy again through through something. Yeah. Through like a ghost. Like because there's that mid season finale called Three Ghosts, and I'm assuming he's a ghost. Yeah. But that's all. Na 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 Tommy Busters. Yeah, I love I love the, the scene between Felicity and Oliver in the Arrow Cave after the battle's over. Cause, uh, like I mentioned to you, this is not gonna be some kind of a thing. I hope I hope not at least where it's gonna be like, oh yeah, he killed the count for me and I'm okay with that. No, because she sees how much that affected him. Him actually having to do that. Right. And it wasn't just a snap, snap of the fingers. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna do it, and yeah. everything's fine. Yeah, no. and uh, yeah, and it's not, it's not wrap up, bye bye. It's not wrap up, no. bye bye. And no, and this uh, is going to have lasting effects on him for the next few episodes. And it's probably gonna have lasting effects on her because she's the reason he had to. If, and yes, if, absolutely. I'm, I'm gonna say, and, and you know how much I love Felicity Smoke, you know how much I love EBR, but let's face it, ladies and gentlemen, if she didn't do that, if she didn't act so bullheaded and stupid, Oliver wouldn't have had to kill the Count. Nope. 
And I think that's what's going to drive a wedge between Oliver and Felicity. I, God, I hope so. In terms of a relationship. Well, Felicity is the one who I should blame for this. Yes. No. It's all the, it's all the hot blondes' fault. All um, her fault. Yes. I'm glad that this is going to bring a wedge between Oliver and Felicity in terms of a relationship. Because, like you, I, don't, I do not want to see it. Well, can we talk real quick, Lou? Can, can you share what you said to me the other night, your theory on where Felicity may go well, after the next two episodes? Well, I mean, I mean, like, it's something that you said, and maybe we should, like, maybe we should, like, lead this to the spoilers, because it has something to do with Flash, but would you want, but would you want to, do you want me to see this right now? Well, well, I don't know, I don't I, I guess we should probably save it for the spoilers, so why don't we do that? Okay, for the, well, for the oh, I, I'm saying let's leave this to the spoilers because we don't know if that, what my theory is actually going to happen on the show or not. That's right. why I'm saying let, let's leave it to, for the spoilers. But after, after the verdict, which the verdict was one of the best shot episodes in Arrow history that wasn't an action scene. Yes. Just, just the reaction of everybody. And, like, my jaw was a little bit on the ground, too. Like, how the hell did they... Well, I, I could see them acquitting her on one count, but not all the counts. No pun intended. <laughs> wow. I, I, I kind of want to say that pun was definitely intended, but I feel like it was. <laughs> it, it wasn't. It wasn't. You see what okay. I mean? No, like, I was surprised that they 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 acquitted her of all charges. I'm, I'm shocked that she didn't at least get one charge. Yeah, I'm with you. And then I knew I knew something was wrong when Moira entered the limo and we followed the limo. Like, well, I knew something was wrong when she was acquitted. <laughs> well, no, well, no uh, that was that was shocking to me. But what happened? Like any any time a DC character enters a car at the end of the episode, it's not it's not a good thing. No. Middle of the episode, okay. Beginning of the episode, good, but not the end. And uh, my theory was proven. This uh, this episode or this scene felt so much like the following. Yes, it did. With with the one car in the in the parking in the in the parking area, because I'm like thinking, oh my god, are they gonna blow Mora? Yeah. Oh, that's what you were thinking. I oh I was thinking they could do that then but then why would they quit her? That's a good point. Um, and then and then when the one the one the one driver the Asian driver says, "Okay, sir, I got him," and the arrow went through, it was like, "Oh, my Lanta." <laughs> now let's take a second. You and I both talked on sacrifice, and Andy's been bogged with. Andy Babak has been bogged with people saying, you know, I told you so damn and blah, 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 about, about, about Malcolm Merlin. We talked about it on Sacrifice. The way they shot it, I could totally see Malcolm not being dead. Right. Because it's not like Aaron Eckhart going off a building. No. I mean, and and didn't and didn't I say that in the episode like last year? Like the way the way it was lit, that like, you couldn't see where somebody got stabbed. Yes, yes, you did. Yeah, it's totally plausible that 
what Malcolm says in this episode is true because I think they say in the comic books the League of Assassins do do train their soldiers to shut down their somatic systems and to shut down their like um, life support systems to make it look like you died. Kind of like when right. people like go into a frozen lake and then freeze and then they get revived. Kind of like that. Yeah. It looks like they died, but they really didn't. Right. And, and to your point, it, they could have easily killed Malcolm. Yeah. But they could have also easily kept him alive. And, and, clearly. and looking back on it, we shouldn't have never believed that John Barrowman was done. The executive producers love him too much. The character... Well, the way especially he's... after Comic-Con, let's be honest. After that, we shouldn't have even... Well, you know you know why I kind of doubted this, and this is kind of going a little off-topic? Because they do the same thing with Jim Beaver for the Supernatural panels. Yeah, but he always comes back, at least for an episode or two, when they do that. Yeah. Like, he was the premiere this year, and he was at Comic-Con. Yeah, But with true. Jeremy, and we were like... What's going to happen? Because is he going to be back for another flashback or what? Or this or that? And no, he's actually but, back. Again, the fans love him. The Torchwood fans love him. The Whovians love him. The Arrow fans love him. The actors that work with him obviously love him. There's no, we, We're stupid to think that they could just get rid of his character. And like you what? said on our phone conversation, Oliver needs a Merlin in his story. Yep. If, if you're going to kill the Count, Dark Archer needs to come back. Right. You can't have both of Green Arrow's biggest bad villains dead. Unless, it's like, season, unless it's like season 8. Unless it's season 8, but like season 2, not so much. And, and, and this is a little shout out for our Smallville viewers, who, the people that watch Smallville. Even though Lex was gone for four years... Was it four years? Yeah, I think it was like three or four years. He still had a looming presence in the series, even though we didn't see him. Well, he left in, he, Rosenbaum left in season seven. You had Lex in season eight, kind of. Season nine, nothing, except for a few mentions. And of course, he was back in season 10 through a clone and then through his actual self. Yeah. So it's not like he was gone from the series completely. Ever. Yeah, exactly. And there was always a Luther. And there was always a Luther. Tess was always there in seasons eight through 10. Yeah, there always needs to be a looming presence of capital T, capital B, and a capital other B, the big bad. You, yeah. You, you can't just get, get rid of him so quickly unless it's like the seventh or eighth or even the sixth season and you know you're ending. Right, which is why they could get away with killing Mega and Supernatural in season seven. Yeah, because because they 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 know they they know they're wrapping things up. But going back to the return of Malcolm Merlin, I loved how they did the music. I do loved how they did the editing. Loved Susanna Thompson's performance throughout this episode. But her reaction to Malcolm being back is pretty much everybody's reaction everywhere watching the show. Yep. Cause they, I'll give the I'll give the Arrow executive producers a round of applause, big round of applause to them for keeping that thing quiet. Oh no, kidding! Twitter didn't keep it quiet though. I got spoiled on that before oh, I saw the episode. Thank God I did not go to Twitter. Well, okay, I I was go I was out. And I went back on just to ask people how the episode was because I didn't even think that was going to happen. And everyone was like, Merlin's back, Merlin's back. I'm like, shit. 
Oh my god! I cannot believe Michael G. Finney said that word on the show. Yeah, well, sorry, but that's not the answer. That's yeah. I am so glad that I didn't go on to Twitter that night. That would have been so mad. Yeah, so, and I couldn't wait. I could not wait less than, tw I couldn't even wait 12 hours. So I scoured the internet for about two hours trying to find the episode, and then I finally did and watched it. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, Malcolm, Malcolm says he pretty much paid off the jury, which actually makes a lot of sense. That doesn't seem far-fetched to me. He probably threatened him more so than paid him off. Yeah. Or, or the League of Assassins did. I, now, now, here's my question, Wu. How much is he really affiliated with them right now? I have to assume quite a, quite a bit because how could he how could he get back into Starling without anybody knowing that it's him? Well, and and to your and to your point, when he appeared, I was a little put off because he was in a regular suit, like he was still like he was supposed to be alive still. He wasn't in his dark archer uniform or anything, which I actually would have expected more so. Yeah, I, 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 I have to, I have to agree that that, that, that kind of threw me off. Now that you mention it, just because why wouldn't he be in his dark archer suit? Because he is a felon now. Yeah. Everybody knows he was involved with the undertaking, so yeah, I can see that point. But I think he is really involved with the, the League of Assassins because with Sarah being gone, like the only potential threat in the entire city is. Green Arrow. Right. But with but with this trial being somewhat over, and with Isabel Rochef being in the series as well, it makes it really. It could possibly be that, and not a far fetch to think that Isabel Rochef and Malcolm Merlin are working together. Yeah, I don't know if that's too. I don't think that's too far fetched. I could see it. Yeah, but. But going to going to the reveal of who Thea's actual father really is, I think Malcolm. I don't. Well, first of all, I don't really think Malcolm even really cared that he had a daughter originally. But now, it's, <laughs> no. I, well, I'm, I'm serious. Well, and good good on the writers for keeping them separate, Thea and Malcolm. I think they had one scene, and that was it. Yeah, and. I think that was done because of the possibility of them doing what they're doing now. I have to, I have to think the reason why Malcolm cares now is because Tommy's gone. Yep, and, he needs an heir to the Merlin Global Group, and or something, and or an heir to continue his lineage as the Dark Archer. That is also true. Because here's the here's the th here's the thing: whether they do this on this show is or not, there are rules with the Lazarus Pit that a person needs to be somewhat alive to bring them back, or had had died fairly recently to to bring them back from the dead. Malcolm can't do that with Tommy. Right, and I, and I think we also have to mention if we're going to mention that. The only one who really allows anyone, who gives anyone permission to use them at all is Rachel Gould, and he only ever gives it permission to use them to his family. Yeah. So it's not like he would allow Malcolm to say, yeah, you can bring back your son, I don't care. No, that would not be Rachel Gould. Or, 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 to, or to, like, bring this into the animated world. The reason that he did that with Jason Todd, because Ra Roz th thought that that was his fault. What happened to Jason Todd? 
Right. And even in the comics, though, Wu, even in the comic version of that movie, he isn't the one who does it. Talia pushes Jason in and says, oh, have fun. And Raish actually gets mad. Because, because really, if more people know that this is a thing that you could do, then then more people would want to use it. Exactly. And and I think they say this in the comics: those waters are not are not replenishable. No, and not only that, but they also make you very unstable, and actually closer to insanity than anything else. Well, like when you're brought back, you're not brought back completely as you were before. Well, and also, don't they mention the longer that you've been gone, the more traumatic it, it will be once you get revived. Yep. Yep. So who who knows what would happen to Tommy if that they actually did it this way? But going back to Thea, I think the only reason Malcolm did come back was for Thea. Probably. And he and he can't do that while Moira's in prison. Well, I don't know if I'd say that because it almost seems like it'd be easier for him to do that if she but were. Less, but more conspicuous, I would think. Not that, yes. Yeah. I think that's the only reason that he he allowed Moira to go free. Because, I mean, uh, it may be a bold, a bold statement for me to say, but I think Malcolm is very, very... Well, he's angry with Moira for, like, spilling the beans on the undertaking, taking number one. And number two, Moira, Moira hid this from Malcolm, too. Thea. Yep. Yep. And... The fact that Malcolm didn't know, good on good on Moira for keeping that under wraps. But now looking at Malcolm, Tommy, and Thea, yeah, I can see the resemblance. I agree. Um, and I'm just I'm just glad we were right about one theory at least, or you, two, I guess. You were right about that theory because you were the first one that brought that up. Even though, like you said to me on the phone, really messed up that the two of them actually hit on each other in season one. Right! Tommy, it's Tommy so messed up Tommy now, watching season one. Tommy and Thea. Gross. She's really gross. Yeah. Uh, and she was so attracted to him, too, and vice versa. Oh, I'm so glad they did away with that quickly at the first half of the season, because that was so weird. Do not reveal Malcolm Malcolm's return too soon. I would say second half of the season next year. Yeah, and not and not even like the winter hiatus. I'm talking about like the spring hiatus. Interesting. So you you want you want them to wait till the like the finale or around there? Because bringing him back, especially the way he went out, you can't just spring that on everybody. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Because I would almost like it, Wu, if they kind of kept him secret and he doesn't even fight Oliver again until next season. Yeah, because. Who doesn't want to end Malcolm Merlin? Okay, Quentin Lance, Laurel Lance, Oliver. Right. So Everyone many, wants that. So many, so many, and we've not even talked about how Thea's going to react to finding out that her father is actually Malcolm Merlin. Right. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's not going to go over well at all. Okay. Oh, I have a question. Do you think Robert knew? Yes. And how, why do you think that? Because I, 
you know, quite honestly, I don't know why I think that. But it makes more sense that he did than he didn't because he seems like a very knowledgeable man and someone who can put two and two together pretty easily. Plus, the way he spoke to Malcolm before they went on the Queen's Gambit, it's like he knew something was up. Yeah, and I have to, and I have to assume that Robert, the the Robert and Malcolm came to, well, I I think I think I think he did. I think Malcolm kind of knew, but wasn't going to like, wasn't going to like pursue that because Malcolm like really didn't seem like he didn't want children anymore. After his wife died, I don't think, like, raising children was... And we see that with Tommy. He wasn't really interested in raising children. In fact, it was almost kind of like a Laurel thing, if I can compare it to that for a minute, because he wanted Mora lustfully, not lovingly. And I had, and I had, to, and I had to say again, this wasn't an affair. This was just Malcolm in grief and Mora being lonely, and what happened is what happened. Which technically, since she's married, it technically is still an affair, but it's not in the same vein that. It's not, yeah. An affair to me is an a long, go, a long going thing. What they did was a one night stand. You see the distinction there. Either way, it's still cheating. Ultimately, yeah, it's still cheating. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But but my point is the distinction is still there. I I have I'm really interested to see what um. Thea's reaction is going to be what Oliver's reaction is going to be, obviously. And here's one thing, and then we'll go into Brother Blood. Do you think it would have been better if Malcolm was Oliver's father? Mm, I don't know if I would have liked that. That would have been a little much, I think. At least for me. It's more compelling because no one knows what's going to happen to Thea. Right. And, and, um... Uh, like yeah, it could become evil for all we know, quite frankly. Yeah. Because, and, and how messed up would it be if Oliver has to take Thea down? That would be terrible. That would be great television, but terrible to watch. And really, and you know why I say that, though? That could be the rift between Arsenal and Green Arrow. There you go. That's a, yeah. Because, I like it. Because he. I don't like Roy, it, but I like it. Because he needs. Because Roy and Oliver do need to come together as a team and then fall apart, like Dick and Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne did. Not exactly the same way, but it needs to be something like that, and it needs to be against one of Oliver's main villains. Yeah. Just like it was with the Joker with uh, Dick Grayson and Batman. But going back to Blood of, Brother Blood's experiments. Um, we find out the reason why the Count was freed was because of Brother Blood, because he wanted Vertigo to take Green Arrow out. Obviously, that didn't happen, as we discussed. Um, we do find out that um, Brother Blood was funding Vertigo's new experiments. That was another thing we found out. Also, we find out that the people that he's been experimenting on, like the mayor, they're still alive. Some of them are actually still alive, and some of them are actually still up and running. Now, do you want to talk about the one person that we did see when Brother Blood went into his secret chamber? The one person that we did see, his name is Cyrus, as Blood calls him. Cyrus Gold is actually his name. And for those of you who do not know, Cyrus Gold is actually the real name 
of the DC Comics supervillain Solomon Grundy. Who was born who on Monday. has been known. Right. Who was born on Monday. Which, by the way, this episode takes place on a Monday. <laughs> I kid you not, it does. But, nice which is cool. Nice continuity. Yes, absolutely. And he, from what I've seen and heard and read, he's going to be a villain in the two-part uh, mid-season finale, which will be interesting because if he does get killed, he could come back as a zombie and actually become Solomon Grundy. I'm, I'm assuming that that's what they're going to do. Um, love the, even though I think only, that's awesome. Yeah, oh, oh, even though he's only in two scenes, I love that. I love that. Um, that Brother Blood is in this episode because it's still like setting up the fact that he will be one of our main villains with Ivo and with the Dark Archer. But and it, remi- and it reminds us too. Sorry to cut you off. It reminds us too that he's still out there and he's still around and he's still doing what he's doing. And I lo- don't you don't you love the fact that Alderman, Alderman and Adam Darner haven't been seen on screen yet. Yep. Together. I still think they're brothers or that, something. That that cannot be just a coincidence. No, I don't think so. But but uh, going, do you want to go to? We talked about like the we talked about the the more flashbacks. Do you want to go into the island flashbacks? The the other you mean the other show that we call Arrow? Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. G- G- Gilligan's Arrow, as I like to call it. Yeah. Gilligan's Arrow? Yes. Oliver's Island? Yes. Yeah, I like it. The Gilligan Arrow? Yes, not the Green Arrow, but the Gilligan Arrow? Yes. Um, nice to see... I love Slade. Yes, I was just about to say, now we get to see Slade in his more traditional thing that we know him from, from the comics. Or at least the beginnings of that. Yeah, or at least the beginnings of that. Because I'm assuming that he's going to wear that black thing over his face for the entire remainder of the, se- the series that we see him on. Well, I don't know if I'd say that. Or something because... like that. Or something like that. I would or say. something like that. Because it sounds like he's going to be getting some sort of super soldier serum. Because of what Ivo's after, and because of what's going on in the present with blood, it seems like it's going to intersect. Because to use a Midwestern or Southern term, Slate does have a hitch in his giddy-up. We do see that he's not walking normally. Right. That that explosion that we saw that in a couple episodes before really messed him up physically. And, um... That, and, well, well, first of all, I, I love how I love how BA Ivo's Ivo's like right hand man was on the ship. But when they get into the island, he's pretty much like the Otis of of Ivo's crew. The captain, yeah, yeah. Like he seems so intimidating, like on the ship. But when we get him off the ship, he's like, ah, do, 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 do. I'll just let the the good guys go. Do, 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 do. I'll I, I'll just get killed. I, don't you love that Ivo c- could do a good job of threatening, but in terms of, like, fighting, he can't do crap? Oh, yeah. I, I love those type of villains because it's like, really? You're going to just talk my ear to death when I can beat you up. Yeah. He, I love it. If he didn't have his nasty backup, he would have nothing. No. He'd be gone. He'd he, be dashed. He is an, uh, he, he is a... A, an American version of Rene Bula, of Rene Belloc, the main villain from Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I mean, he is. I, yep. mean, I mean, his mannerisms are almost like Paul Freeman's. That's the guy who played Rene Belloc in Raiders of the Lost Ark. So now if his skin doesn't melt off by the end of his run on this show, I'm going to be really disappointed. With. Slade's probably going to be the one that does that. But, well, yeah. But uh, we... How awesome that, that that Arrowhead actually has something to do with the story. Something that we, in the pilot, thought, oh, well, this isn't going to be anything. This is actually a real big thing now. Yeah. And I love continuity-wise, Shadow wearing the hood. Yes. Because I'm assuming that that's why Oliver wears the hood in present time. And even Sarah says it, like, the last time I saw a hood like that, Shadow was wearing it. Right. And I, and I just, I love that continuity of both quote-unquote green arrows before Oliver, that being Yalfe and Shadow, him taking on their mantle and yeah. taking on their hood and carrying on their mission. I think it's just awesome. Very similar to to Batman, how he saw, how he saw, like, um, Zorro and Bats, how he looped those two things together. Yes, or, um, or what's his name from uh, the animated series? The Greek what ghost. did they call him? The Greek ghost. Yes, the ghost. Yes. Adam West. That was actually one of the better episodes of of Batman the Animated Series in the initial run. But going back to the uh, going back to the island, I love I love that Oliver like is not even though he's captured, he's not a punk. No. And he can fight now. And we know, and we don't really know what side Sarah's on, do we? No. We don't not know. We don't know if she's actually like sleeping with Ivo, and that's why she's got some kind of loyalty to him, or that he's promised her anything. We don't know anything. All all we know all we know at this point all we know is that is that uh, Ivo is trying to perfect the human race, and he needs that arrowhead and those dead Japanese World War Two soldiers to do it. And in terms of uh, Sarah and where her allegiance to Ivo lie, I would assume it's both of those things you said. I think he did promise her something, and I think he definitely is sleeping with her. Yeah. Because that, being, would... that being said, his mission, I, I still think it's going to end up with Slade. Yeah. And I have to... Uh, and is it too far-fetched to think that Shadow... Like we said like a couple episodes ago, that Shadow may die on the island. No, I, I think like we said, like you said a couple episodes ago, I think that definitely could happen. You I think that's probably you most likely. Slate and Shadow both be dead. One of them has to live, and I'm assuming that's going to be Slate. I hope it's Slate. Like, because, if I had a pick, it would be Slate. Yeah, because between the two of them, you have to do dead, Deathstroke. And, I, and he would be a great villain for Oliver to face in the present. Maybe not the final one, but I, I, I'm, I'm going to be really disappointed by the end of this season. We don't see Slate in present time. I, don't, I would be more disappointed if we don't see him next season than this season. But, okay. But, yeah. either, one of the, either one of those, like, it would be disappointing overall. Yep. But um, do do... Do we want? Do we want to? Do we want to go into the um, Dan and Andy thoughts? Because I still need to see Blood Rush Part Three. Then why don't we do that? And while they, sh while Dan and Andy share their thoughts, guys, which we're gonna play for you in just a second, uh, we'll get caught up on Blood Rush and we'll get right back into this. So take it away, Dan and Andy. Well, hi, Michael and Wu. It's Andy and Dan, as uh, as always, and we are here to discuss this amazing episode of 
Arrow called State versus the Queen. It versus Queen. Yes, it was quite good. It was pretty epic. Um, I, I'm not even going to bother by all the people that are going to say, we told you so, Andy, we told you so about a certain thing. Just so you know, uh, but I'm happy that John Berman is back as Malcolm Merlin. I I don't mind it. I do want a good explanation, though. And yes, me too. I think that's the most important part right now that we that we will, that we will find out because it is a pretty huge deal obviously and um, it's it's is it too easy if it would it be too easy if it's just the Lazarus pit but it makes the most sense yeah because of League of Assassins and then we also have we also have Raza Ghoul and the Raza reason Ghoul. recently announced um uh, Spargus actress um Katrina Law coming to Arrow as um the daughter Talia? of not Talia. She's going to be playing Nissa Al Ghul. Okay. It's um yeah, and I'm sure you, I'm sure you guys have already already talked about it perhaps, um, but yeah. that but so we it could be it's still possible that it will be the Lazarus Pit, and um, and I that's all that's my only demand really that it's just a, that it's a good explanation that makes sense because I, yeah. I'm I'm I think it's logical that Fia is his daughter. Yeah. I think that, that makes total sense. So it's why, a good driving force, good to making her become speedy. I think. Yeah, uh, obviously it's going to take a while, of, of course, but it, I think it will be worth it. So. And I think we saw hints of it when she was training with Roy. Yeah, and by the way, Roy Harper has to be the best boyfriend in the world to let to to let her use him as a human punching bag. That is like so, it's just so sweet. That's the thing. Right on, Roy. Right on, Roy. And I, I think it was a good contrast to, as Moira finally got um, cleared of, of all charges, so she was cleared. Uh, she was declared not guilty. It was nice to see that the re- the person that was re- responsible for this to be, to begin with was was still alive. Yeah. And um, it would be interesting to see how much he will be part of the season like when we will see him next because I don't think we'll see him in episode 8 or 9 no and that's okay because I think Brother Blood can fill the missing gaps when he's not on the show very well yeah and it's um, it's interesting I'm, I'm wondering when he actually did this because he, from everything that I've seen on Twitter and his uh, Instagram and who's saying whatever he has been seen and making a lot of trips and so on, and like so, it was a, it was a nice surprise. It was good by the writers that they did it in this episode that they, that they waited that they waited this long to yeah. make it happen because it kind of you know people got people didn't think about it as much. Jen, maybe, maybe some did, but that, like it was the, the attention was not focused on like is Malcolm gonna come back? Is Malcolm gonna come back? Is Malcolm gonna come back? Yeah, it was it was a very well executed surprise. Yeah. So good on, uh, well done on the writers for sure, yeah. and um, I'm interested. I'm I'm interested to see how this is gonna turn out because it's it's a huge deal now I think and Oliver Oliver better uh, watches back as well as Team Arrow, but moving yeah. on to the return of Seth Gable's Count Vertigo. Yes, I am disappointed he died, but it's understandable 
why because maybe they wanted to use this character as a um, character that Oliver would have to kill and make him make himself break that that rule and also because, maybe because he has other projects to to commit to but yeah, Seth, Seth Gable, Gable's got another show right I I believe so he's he's doing something I know uh, I believe but he his his Count Vertigo felt like Heath Ledger's Joker and I and I'm fine with that and yeah. um He's going to be missed, definitely, but who knows? Maybe he can come back because if Malcolm can't come back, then why not he? It would be it would have to be better explained though because it's probably going to be. It needs to be a good reason why he was brought back to begin with. But I thought he got a very great grand send off. This did. is the last time we see his character. Yeah. And um, yeah. he, you know, he he went on it with a bang. Like he made in a way, he, sure. in a way, he also won because. Oliver did break his one rule. Right. But I think it was worth it for Felicity. I mean, he said there was no question in my mind. I had, he was going to hurt you and I had to do this. So I, I, got, I thought it was justified. Uh, I, absolutely. And um, we see on the island that um, Dylan Neal as um, Dr. Uh, Dr. Ivo is just becoming more and more powerful and cooler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like he's a ruthless villain. Like he, he's, yeah. it's it's, it's sad that the um, fi- fires had to go, but I still think it was ama- It's still amazing that um, that he is, you know, that he is that he's able to take this place now and make it even more ruthless and even more dangerous for Team Island. Yeah, I agree, and uh, I really liked him when he appeared on Smallville as a villain, and he's just keeping that suave kind of merciless villain thing going here so that's great to see yeah I no, I understand yeah but overall I think this is the best episode of this uh, one of the best right. episodes of the season so far and I really just want to quick, quickly touch upon I thought Laurel was done much better than she's been done this season in this episode um, I felt she had a lot of remorse about what was going on which was great to see because I thought she had a very very good scene with Oliver at the courthouse that's probably one of the best seeds they've had in a while, and I really liked it. So, great job fixing that problem there too, writers. Yeah, I believe that there is this that we will see some more conflicts for her later this season. But at least they're showing that she they're not they are not trying to mess her up too much. They are actually trying to right. make it's 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 going to make sense in the end, I think. And to see that she was really regretting that, that she really didn't like this at all was good. I agree with that, definitely. All right. Yeah, but we're going to uh, give it back to you guys, and uh, I mean, I'm really looking forward to hear your discussion about it, and uh, we will see you in two weeks when Arrow comes back with episode eight, The Scientist, which features Barry. That one was for yes. you. It's okay. See, see you in two weeks. See you, guys. All right. Thanks, uh, Dan and Andy, for your thoughts on this week's episode. Definitely a great episode, and it's always great to hear your guys' thoughts. Um, before we get into the blood rush real quick, Lou, I think right now is a good time to probably play Lisa's voicemail. Okay. So we'll, we'll edit this in right here, and you guys will be able to understand what we were talking about when we were talking about Laurel. So take it away, Lisa Lee, and we'll be right back. Hey, guys. This is Elisa. Um, I just wanted to uh, call. I just listened to your review um, of um, Longbow Hunters. This is for Longbow Hunters. Um, your recent review on um, 
uh, League of Assassins, and um, it was a great episode, um, very tight writing, very um, very well written. Um, I just hope you, it's okay if I give you a few thoughts, um, my thoughts on it. Um, you guys were dead on um, just about everything you said. Um, as far as, um, um, I mean, I agree with you, I guess, is a better way to say it. Um, but first of all, Andy and uh, Dan, um, don't you dare talk about Mr. Lance being dead. He's my favorite character right now. <laughs> so, uh, no, I don't want him to die. It would be too sad. Uh, but anyways, so so don't don't say that. Don't give any don't give the writers any bad ideas. But uh, no, I love you guys. Um, uh, you uh, great great review from you guys too. But anyways, I wanted to talk about Laurel for a minute um, because I know that um, I mean you guys are starting to really feel her pain a little bit. But I've heard a lot on the internet of how people are finding her annoying, and I just wanted to give you my thoughts on what she's going through. Um, she's a person, of a, she's actually a very strong person. Uh, does she come on too strong sometimes? Yes, she does. She's a little bit like Lois Lane in that, um, in that um, when she gets something in her mind, there's not really a lot of people who can stop her. Um, but, um, and last year she had to be strong for her dad because, you know, he had lost his daughter and their mother had left. And now her father is getting himself back together. He's going to the AA meetings, which that was a great scene. I can't remember if it was in this episode or the last one, but the episode he was in where he was at the AA meeting and just, I mean, just kind of broke my heart because he was really pouring out how much pain he was in. But anyways, he's getting himself together and doesn't need her as much. I mean, he'll always need her because he's, you know, she's his daughter, but He's starting to break away from needing her emotional support. He's becoming stronger. So I think in some ways she's feeling like she's not needed anymore um, by him. And, I mean, if you're a hero or if you're somebody who, um, what's the best way to say it, she needs a purpose. Laurel is somebody who needs a purpose, and that purpose was taken away from her after her sister died and then her mom left. And then her dad at least needed her, and now he kind of, he doesn't, you know. And so she feels a little bit of a loss with that. Um, you know, she feels guilty about what happened um, to, um, oh, his name just left my head, to their friend who died at the end of the series. Okay, it's me again. I'm just going to finish real quick. Um, anyways, she's got the guilt. She's got the loss of her father needing her. She doesn't have um, her mother there to support. So she's, I think, and I don't think she really had time to grieve for her sister. So she is, has these all of these emotions, and she's used to, you know, she's used to either medicating herself, either through working or Okay, last one, I promise. <laughs> uh, I hope you're able to piece this together. I just want to say good job, guys. Thanks for all the work you do to bring us the reviews. They're fun to listen to. And um, can't wait for the next episode. Um, talk to you guys later. You have a good day. Bye. All right. Uh, thanks again, Louise Lee, for your voicemail. Always awesome to have a listener send in their thoughts on an episode and that we that we get to play and that we get to, you know, hear and even communicate a little bit about. So thank you for that. Guys, if you want to send in your voicemail, you know the number. We'll, again, say it again at the end of the episode, but definitely do that because we love hearing from you guys. Okay. All right. Okay. Blood so Rush Blood Rush. Very good cliffhanger. Very good. 
Yeah. Well, they finally picked it up. Yes. Man. Yeah. So, so they had something to do. So, so Roy goes into the um, um, what was it called in the in the episode? The hospital. The oh yes, the hospital. Well, I thought it. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was something else, like a police pre a police lab or something. Well, he goes there to get Green Arrow's blood. Um, uh, him and Felicity have a good little back and forth through the voice simulator that Felicity is using to sound like Oliver. Um, or or the Green Arrow. And I love his line. Why can't they say Starling City Vigilante on it? Roy, focus. And he goes, oh, it does say Starling City Vigilante on that. <laughs> but somebody's getting through the door, and that's where we leave off for the the next episode. I like that it's. I like that it picked up. I like that they actually did something besides sit around and talk. And I like that Roy is completely trusting, really, of Arrow. Yes. And I, like I think the, that's and I like the fact that Felicity is doing a really good job to not sound like Felicity. Yeah. Yeah, she is doing a very good job, too. Yeah, because normally Felicity stumbles over her own words and doesn't know what she's saying and blah, 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 blah. Here she is being the the oracle of the, the series so far. Yes, absolutely. Um, It's Easter egg time, Cadbury time, as I like to call it on the show. Yes, let's go into the Easter eggs, then we'll go right into Twitter. Uh, first Easter egg of the week. Uh, the DA that Laurel talks to when the case is handed over from Donner to her because Donner is poisoned. Um, the DA's name is Kate Spencer. We saw her briefly last season, but uh, just in case you guys don't remember what I said uh, last year, she is the Manhunter from the comics. She is a superheroine who works in Gotham City. She does a lot of hands-on stuff. She has no power. She's just she's a lot like Huntress, but she's called the Manhunter. And is I thought it was really cool. Is she from Green Arrow continuity or is she from Batman as well? Really, she's from neither. Uh, she's kind of her own character, but she has been known to be based in both New York and Gotham. Okay, okay. So yes, and Manhunter, not in no relation to Martian Manhunter. It's a different thing. No, and no relation to the Manhunters from the Green Lantern comics either. Yes. Um, we also have Mayor Levitt's mentioned in this episode, which yes. of course is mentioned to De Paul Levitt. De direct, de uh, Deputy Mayor Levitt's, yes. That was very cool. I love. I always love that when they do the creators. That yes. that was just great. Yes. I absolutely love that. We love you, Paul Levitt's. Uh, they also have a mention of Markovia in this episode. It was a very brief, uh, not a whole lot mentioned about it except by name. Uh, for those of you who don't remember from last year, the character Geo or the character Brian Markov, who is a scientist that uh, Merlin actually kills very briefly in the which opening of an episode, which I was very um, disappointed that they just killed off that kind of character like that. But yes, yes, because in the comics he's known as Geo Force, who's a superhero who's worked with Green Arrow actually when he was on the Outsiders team, which is a Batman-run team. Um, but yes, Markovia is actually Geoforce's homeland, and Geoforce is actually the king of Markovia, which obviously in Arrow, he's taken a little step down from that, but you know, he's also dead now, so it doesn't really matter. But, but, <laughs> but we could also see, we could always see Terra, which would be interesting. Who cares? He's dead. He's dead. Yes. Yes. But we could see Terra, who is his sister, which would also be interesting, especially yeah. with all the other blood and Teen Titans stuff going on. Uh, I already mentioned Cyrus, which again is Solomon Grundy, so you can go back and listen to that. Channel 52, we have already so, heard about. Start, Swan Technology and Research has just finished their particle accelerator. 
Yes, which will come into play hopefully in the next two episodes. And of course, we also have another uh, reference to Nanda Parbat. It was not referenced by name this time, but it was referenced, and for those who don't remember. And who, yeah. and who lives there? Rachel Ghoul. The head of the demon? Yes. Yes, Rachel Ghoul is there along with the League of Assassins. And I, really, I, really and would like, I, really, I really would like to see a flashback of what happened to Malcolm after the, after the undertaking, after sacrifice. I would too. Like, what happened to his body to think that Oliver, like, killed him? Yeah, that would, I, yeah. And his reaction to finding out that uh, that his son is dead, too. Yes, that's, yeah, it's very true. I, I, I do also want to know all those things, but, but that's it for the Easter eggs this week, guys. Definitely some great DC content in this episode. This episode of whole was really great, but let's get into Twitter slots real quick, okay. and we'll close you guys out. Uh, first of all, we have Verdant Arrow, who said, how did we not hear that he is back? I like Slade with no mask, but some familiar markings. The count, <laughs> countdown, not surprised. And Alicity. Also, I suspected something when Tommy slash Thea relationship fell uh, qu flat quickly last season. And Malcolm, <laughs> yes. And Malcolm was too friendly with Mora. Actually, quite honestly, it didn't fall, uh, fall flat too quickly enough. Yes. Or quickly enough, I should say. But it, but it could have gotten a lot worse if they got it didn't. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nick, <laughs> Nick G said, awesome. Cannot wait until December 4th. Oh, my gosh. Anthony Audi said, every week the show delivers. So good. It's chock full of supervillains now. Can we, go back to, said, can we go back to Verdant Arrow for, for just a minute? Unfortunately, they didn't keep that under wraps for Michael G. Penny. Yes. They didn't keep it under wraps for me. Uh, which, which actually leads pretty, pretty uh, smoothly into the next tweet. Uh, Jules said, first, I missed you during the live tweet. Those of you who don't know, I live tweet every episode. I didn't this week, but I got it spoiled for me anyway, so go figure. Uh, second, what? Who spoiled it for you? Sorry. All of Twitter. Just everyone. All everyone. Of it, was, it was literally everyone watching Arrow. So Twitter, but, it's all your fault. Yeah. So, you people. So, yeah. uh, uh, second, the show is doing great keeping all the storylines in play with an edge. Alex Snow said, I knew Blank would be back at some point, but I had no idea Blank was really his Blank. <laughs> that's, that's actually a great tweet. I love that. That is being retweeted right now by our account. Best, um, best tweet ever. Best. Yes. Yes. Lauren from TV Ever After said, wow, you guys called it. I think you mentioned it, right? The revelation that Malcolm being Thea's dad. And with Slade's face, I kept thinking Harvey Dent, although it does look like a natural version of the Deathstroke mask. I knew yeah, Malcolm would... That, that wasn't by accident, I have, to, I have to think. That was not by accident. No, not at all. Not with, not with these creators, no kidding. Even, even, though, uh, even, even though the brother blood mask kind of looks kind of like Deathstroke to me, a little bit, like, like alternate universe Deathstroke, but moving on. Well, actually, what's really cool about, uh, and not to harp on this too much, but what's really cool about Brother Blood's mask is that at the bottom of it, it has horns going upwards, kind of like all the Brother Blood masks have had before, which is a slight nod to that. But anyway. Oh, probably a Jeff John's decision with that. Like, yep. Uh, and she finishes it off saying, I knew Malcolm was alive since he's Captain Jack Harkness. Nah, the arrow didn't go too deep in sacrifice. And finally, uh, 
and this is this is something not necessarily tweeted to us, but Craig Byrne from Green Arrow TV said, "All I know is if Stephen Amell is not Green Arrow in a Justice League movie, someone has failed the city." Well said, have, Mr. Byrne. Yes, well said. I don't I don't disagree with that at all. A couple a couple of things before we finish up the episode before we go into spoilers. I said this to Michael like on the phone the other day because this was one of the those episodes that I just couldn't wait for t tonight to to talk about mainly because of everything that went on. First of all, I have to say, if this really did feel like Sacrifice Part Two. Yeah. Because it really, it really was the fallout of everything that happened in last year's finale. And if this show ends this season, these creators, these performers, these writers, they have nothing to feel ashamed about. No. Everybody in this episode had a purpose. They hit all the, the marks that they should have hit. There was no flubs. I can't think of one bad thing in this episode. And you know what? That's very hard for me for me to say about anything, especially in TV. And you know what, Lou, I completely agree. Even though I do not like the decision that Count Vertigo was killed, even though I don't like it, honestly, but I cannot find any... that was for a purpose. Any... That was for a purpose. That, it was for a purpose. And you know what, I couldn't actually find any specific, like you said, faults in this episode. Like, quite honestly, this is the one episode uh, in the last however many we've had, almost 30 or over 30 now, that I can actually say... I would fully give a four out of five with no problems. Yes. Four, five out of five with no problems. See, see, my only problems, are, my only issues with it are like things like why didn't they kill Adam Donner? Why did, and like you, why did they kill the count? But if they're meant, but it doesn't hurt the actual episode. And it doesn't hurt the actual episode. And if they actually do something with both of those, I have, I have no issues with it. If they're like, oh, like we're just gonna have Adam Donner on the show just to have him, or, um. The Count's death is not going to affect Felicity and Oliver. I, I take back that statement that I said. But if but if those two things are for a purpose, I don't I don't take back what I said. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so five out of like, five for me too. Five out of five, absolutely. I mean it, it, fantastic episode. One of the top five around. episodes of the series, I would think. Absolutely. In fact, you know what, Will? Can I just say, I would probably name it number one if I were had to pick right now. Because the pilot, you can't really say that because a pilot needs to be good. Should it always... Is it always good? No, but it needs to be good for you. I mean, I would show. still put the pilot in the top five, but I but would I not put it as number one. Because it, all pilots need to be good. They should be good. That's all. If a, pilot to the show, if a pilot to the show isn't in the top five episodes of that series, it shows one of two things. It shows either A, it really shouldn't have been picked up, or B, the episodes that happened afterwards were just that good. And that actually leads into the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. thing, but we'll get into that in a, in a, in a tangent time. But, but, go, uh, but do we have any really thing to say uh, before we get into the spoilers? Uh, programming note, there will be no Arrow next week, because I, I kind of wondered, why wasn't there going to be Arrow, and then I realize, oh yeah, next week's Thanksgiving. Yes. Yes. Even though they're still going to have Glee next week on a Thursday, which kind of perplexes me. But Glee's a bigger show. Yeah, yeah. And from what I've heard, it just keeps going down in quality. Yeah. Well, you and, well, you can't, you can't comment on that because you always thought the quality. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I can comment on that because my sister loves the show and she hates the season. Well... Well, 
What ifs, what ifs. That's not what this show's about. That, we'll just leave that for tangent on next week. So, um, yeah. um, we have some people to thank. Thank you, Christopher Weitrek, for that fantastic, fantastic logo that we have for Longbow Hunters. Thank you, thank you, Dan, Sch Dan Schmidt, Nico Reifsteck, Andy Babak, the, the Lord and Master of the Helicarrier Podcast. Oh, you can reach us at acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com. That is acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com. We have a, two Twitters. We have the normal Across the Airwaves Twitter, at Across Airwaves. There is no the, just at Across Airwaves. Ma Michael's Twitter is at mjpetty7. That is at mjpetty7. Mine is w at wsk9002. That is at wsk9002. Our official Twitter for this podcast is at Arrow Podcast. That is at Arrow Podcast. And it still blows my mind that Michael was able to procure that name before anybody else did. Our voicemail is 1773-809-3363. That is 1773-809-3363. You can leave us a voicemail just like Elisa Lee did. And if you do, we will air it on, on, the, on the podcast. Please visit acrosstheairwaves.com. We have a link there for iTunes. If you buy anything from iTunes, iBooks, music, movies, TV episodes of Arrow or TV episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or anything that we cover or we may not cover, please do it through that link. If you do, we get a cut of it and it helps out the, sh the show. Um, did I miss anything, Mike? No, absolutely not. Just make sure, guys, to follow that Arrow Podcast account, especially yes. if you watch the show live, because we've had a lot of great conversations with our listeners through live tweeting, and it's honestly a lot of fun. And that's how we get Twitter's thoughts every week, uh, you guys just tweeting to us at Arrow Podcast. So definitely, definitely do that. And If you, if you follow us, please follow Craig Burns' um, Green Arrow TV Twitter as well. Yes, at Green Arrow TV, absolutely. And, and, fi and finally, I just want to say, we love hearing from you guys. We love hearing your thoughts. We love hearing your theories. We love just hearing what you guys think of our show and what you think of Arrow in general. We love that Elisa Lee sent us a voicemail. We love that you guys tweet us every week, and we actually get to take time out of our episode to read it on air. We, I, I honestly think that's amazing. Yeah. I, I love our fan base. I love the Arrow fan base. Make, the Arrowheads make, are great. Make, make, make your voices heard because you know what? If you make your voices heard to us, that means that you guys are out there and that gives us more of a reason to do this every week. And yeah, I, I could not have said that better. So, okay. So, yeah. So, next week we're going to have a little cold, cold play apparently because the next week's episode is called The Scientist. See what I did there? Well, 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 well. Not yeah. next week's episode. Well, well Michael, what are we? What are we doing next week, Lou? Well, Michael. Well, it's not. It's not next week. It's the week after next. But nobody, well, well, I know. But what are we? We doing next week? Well, it's not easy. But nobody said it was easy. We. A, a DC a DC Comics. Can I say legend? Yeah. By the name of Barry Allen will be. Be in Sterling City next week. And for those of you who don't know, it, it'll happen in a flash. Well, he'll be here in two weeks, actually. Oh, oh, I thought it, I thought it was... Oh, yeah, because next week is th Thanksgiving. See, you're screwing me up, Michael. And, and uh, well, no, what I was saying is what are we doing next week, meaning what are you and I doing podcast-wise Oh, oh okay, what are we doing next week? Oh, not the royal we. 
No brevity here. Um, no, sorry, sorry <laughs> everybody for the confusion. That was really awkward. We we apologize for that. Yeah, yeah. Michael was blaming Twitter, and now I'm blaming Michael. That was all his. That was all he's doing. Um, next week we are cover doing tangent time, where we are going to cover a lot of things going on in just popular culture right now. The the new Muppets trailer that came out. Um, um. We will talk more about the Days of Future Past trailer, which we, I, I don't think you and I covered in depth. We, uh, no, no, we haven't. We we may cover, um, even though I've not seen the first movie because I, I have so much stuff to do. Um, the Hunger the Hunger Games that just debuted a new Hunger. We'll Games. see because I don't watch that. Okay. I have no interest. Okay, in so that. okay, so you haven't seen it either. I may have seen. I may see. Frozen before that, but I'm not 100% sure I might if I'm compelled to. Um, if not, we, we will leave that for another tangent of time. We just have a lot of things to cover. We're, we're, it's going to be heavy, heavy DC and heavy um, Marvel Comics discussion because we, Michael and I had a really good discussion about that that we really should have recorded. But yeah, we're, we're going to do it things. Um, a tangent time because there's gonna be no arrow, arrow next week. So please listen to tangent time because we just love to talk, Michael and I. Yes, absolutely, absolutely we do. So, um, so yeah, so definitely check that out. Definitely be back here in two weeks for our coverage on the scientists, which we're going to get into in depth a little bit um, in the spoilers after the music. But, but until then. Until then, guys, and if you're not going to stay with us for the spoilers, and if and if you're not going to listen to Tangent Time, for Dan Schmidt, Nico Rice, second Andy Babak, I'm Michael J. Petty. And I'm Lewis Kim, and if you're not listening to us, have a happy Thanksgiving in America. Yes, absolutely. Thanks, guys, and we'll catch you on the airwaves. See you next time. Unexplained elements. He's trying to mass produce the serum to build an army. Introduce yourself. Everyone's gonna find out Oliver's the vigilante. We can't save him. But I know someone who can. Barry, Alan, crime scene, investigation unit. Arrow, the two-part mid-season finale event. It all starts Wednesday, December 4th on the CW. The CW official description for the scientist reads, Barry Allen comes to Starling City. A seemingly impossible robbery at Queen Consolidated's Applied Science Division brings Central City Police Scientist Barry Allen, guest star Grant Dustin, to town. Citing a similar case back home, Barry offers to help Oliver and, and the team with the investigation. 
Oliver senses there's more to Barry than meets the eye, and he's distracted by the similarities between his current case and something that happened on the island. Meanwhile, Felicity takes a liking to Barry, which doesn't go unnoticed by Oliver. Sin asks Roy for help when a friend of hers goes missing. Roy is surprised when Thea not only encourages him to help, but joins the search. Unfortunately, Sin's friend is connected to Brother Blood, and their search ultimately gets one of them seriously injured. Michael Schultz directed the episode written by Greg Berlanti, Andrew Kressberg, and Jeff Johns. First of all, do you think that's going to be Thea that gets seriously injured? Absolutely. Yeah, I, it really wouldn't make sense if it was Roy or Sin. Um, so apparently to Oliver, Roy, uh, not, not Roy, Barry is a Transformer? Robots in disguise. Be, okay, let, let, let's go, let me say this before I forget, because this is something that we mentioned in the main episode, Felicity and Barry. I, I was I was thinking because of the tension or because of the baggage that the Count's murder or the Count's death had on Felicity and Oliver, this could open the door for Felicity to have feelings for Barry and potentially leave her to go to Central City with Barry for his spinoff show. And, yes. and Michael, you are not totally 100% on board with this. Would you like to expand on why? I mean, ultimately, I don't think I'm completely on board with this because she seems like a very Arrow character to me. And I feel like you would already have too many characters on the Flash show, that being Patty Spivitt, Iris West. I feel like there would be too many female characters who were taking that, that But have that, has that been announced for this new show? Those characters? No, not necessarily, but they're pretty vital to Flash's mythos, so I'm assuming they're going to be there. But I could, but you could see how I could think that they were doing that, though, right? Yeah. Okay. What are your thoughts on this episode, just from what we've heard so far? Well, first of all, it's a Jeff Johns episode. Second of all, it's Jeff Johns writing The Flash. And third of all, it's The Flash. So I'm really excited for this episode. My only problem with this episode is it's not fully Jeff Johns. Like... Like um, the first Huntress episode, this was not fully Jeff Johns writing. Like when Malcolm got shot, that was fully a Jeff Johns episode. This was more, this one's more like a basis story with Jeff Johns' name on it. That's what bothers me. That's true, and I, I, yeah, that is, yeah, that's definitely true. Because, I mean, because you and I both talked about it. Even though we liked both episodes, we we think the latter with China White. Putting the hit on Malcolm is a much better episode than than the first Helena episode. Compared right. Right. And the, I, I, yeah. And the reason I, why that was, was Jeff Johns wrote the entire script. Correct. And, um, and I don't want to hear the argument from some fans like, well, he well he doesn't know the characters like that, blah, 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 blah. Hogwash to that. Because he wrote every single character, even somebody like McKenna that was only on for like three episodes or something before that, he wrote her extremely, extremely well. Yeah, and you would know. You really like that character. Well, no, I'm, well, but that's beside the point. The point is like a character that hadn't been on that, been on very much, he even wrote her very well. Yeah. So I don't want to hear, well, Felicity wasn't in the comics or what, or getting right well for Felicity. He could do it. 
I mean, he yeah. did it. He did it for Chloe Sullivan on Smallville, and she's not even a comic. She wasn't a comic book character at that point. Like, my my point is, like, I'm I'm a little disappointed that Jeff Johns didn't write the entire episode. I agree. Um, I think the reason for that is pretty simple because um, it it is the first part of a two part mid season finale. Okay. And I think if it, I think if you're gonna do a mid season finale and you're gonna have Jeff Johns involved, you have to have the showrunners involved too. Especially since Jeff Johns also co writing the next episode, which is the mid season finale. Okay, if he's not, I was just about to say if he's not involved with part two, I'm gonna be really No no no, no. He's, he's he's definitely involved in both parts because it really is a two part episode. How close to the new fifty two flash are we gonna get? Or is this more Barry Allen Silver Age Flash? Not that I mind either way, but I think this will be a combination because here's the thing, and I and I told you this, I've told you this before off uh, off record or off microphone or whatnot. The Flash really hasn't ever changed, at least in terms of Barry Allen. He always is very consistent and always very much stays the same. Even in the New Fifty Two, he's very much his Silver Age counterpart. But he's not actually a scientist anymore. He is a he is more of a, a police liaison. Yes, but he's still like a scientist investigator character, yeah. which is where he's going back which to. Which really, I never even in the comics really understood his role because it was never really defined. Hopefully, in this episode, they really define that better. I, I yeah, I, I yeah, and I and part of it too. Whoops, sorry guys. Part of that too is that he has to have that role because that's how he gets his powers. And even in the trailer, it looks like something hits chemicals. Something being lightning hits chemicals that send someone being very hopefully flying backwards and maybe supercharging his cells. So we'll see. Yeah, I do have to think though. Like I've said several have... times in like both DC, both um, DC Nation and on Tangentum and Longbow Hunters, people in DC just really need to save from chemicals. Yes. Like it does not do them well. Barry's actually the only case that it actually does. Right. Exactly. And, and no, he's not inhaling the fumes of hard water to get his powers. There's a reference. No. Right? No. I, I do also have to say, I think Barry will find out that Oliver's arrow pretty quick. Do you think he'll find that out by going by going backwards like the Flash would? Possibly. Or is he that good of an investigator for the Central City Police? He is pretty good. Yeah. Not going to lie. So we'll see. Yeah. So, so yeah. No, the reason why we're not going into too in depth with the spoilers is because there's not that many. Because this is a big character for them to debut. Because this character will get his own series next year. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, what they were going to do originally is they were going to have episode twenty of this season of Arrow be a backdoor pilot for the Flash, but instead, because he was getting so much hype anyway, and because everyone loved him so much, they're actually just giving The Flash a pilot for next next fall. I always liked Grant Gustin in this role, but I was never, like, 100% on board with him. But now actually seeing him in the role, he can do it. And, and here's the thing, and here's the thing, too. Jeff Johns, when, when he was on the set for the Green Lantern movie, which most people don't like, and I respect that, he said Mark Strong was the epitome of Sinestro. He said he was the ultimate Sinestro. And he was the one character in the film who everyone did love because he was Sinestro. Yes. He has been saying the same things about Barry Allen on Arrow and say, being saying the same things as uh, 
of Grant Gustin than he said for Mark Strong. So I'm assuming that he's going to do really well. And if Jeff Johns is saying that, who, by the way, his favorite character is the Flash, Barry Allen, I, I, like, I have faith in that. Yeah, I, I, I really wish Menu Bennett had a little brother, just because, and he's an actor, because he'd be a per perfect reverse Flash. Yeah. If, if Menu Bennett had, like, a little brother, that he would he would be like a perfect reverse flash because reverse flash doesn't necessarily have to be look exactly like Barry. Yeah. That that being said, guys, if you want to like learn anything about this character, I highly recommend either Jeff Johns or Francis Manipole's flash runs that are I, that are kind of currently going on right now. But you can definitely find in hardcover or trade paperback because it'll definitely get you into this character before this episode. I definitely recommend to clarify, that. To clarify for the Flash, this is Barry Allen. Don't, don't bother looking into Jay Garrick or Wally West. Well, you could go into Wally West and Bart Allen, but no, this is Barry Allen, the Flash. Yes. To do yes. research. Yeah. Because, so, because like Green Lantern, there are several versions of this character. Yeah, and even Green Arrow. To an extent, so definitely check that out, guys. Yeah, yeah, but Jeff Johns's Flash is probably my favorite, just because I, I love how he wrote the character. I've never read Francis Manipole's yet. Francis Manipole writes in like there's no tomorrow. Like I, I love Jeff Johns' run on the Flash, I really do. But Francis Manipole's is better. Do you, do you, do you wish he writes an episode of Flash next season? I. In fact, if they don't let him write one of the Flash next season, I will be very disappointed. Yeah. If well, that show gets picked which I think it will. Well, anyway, guys, a lot of stuff coming down the pike. I cannot wait for this episode. Brother Blood's going to really step it up in this next episode, I feel. Yep. Like, he's been yes. passive-aggressive. Now he's taking the kid gloves off now. Like. Absolutely. Okay, but again, not a lot of spoilers because the, they're not a whole, they're not giving much because this episode is that big. But anyway, I, we'll talk to you guys next time in two weeks or next week if you're joining us for ta Tangent Time. Yeah, definitely. Check us out on Tangent Time and then back here in two weeks for Long Hunters. Thanks, guys. Happy Thanksgiving, America.